You're about to listen to the amazing Trek Off podcast, but did you know there's also an amazing Trek Off movie in production right now? Watch the trailer at trekoffmovie.com. That's trekoffmovie.com. Also, if you want to hear over 100 hours of Trek Off, you can find that at trekoffpodcast.com or search Trek Off in your iTunes or your pod feed or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. Search for Trek Off. Finally, you can find lots more podcasts at Geeks Radio, the home of Trek Off podcast. Who Garrett and RJ go to Hollywood Ninjas versus you all at geeksradio.com. Now enjoy Trek Off. Warning the following podcast has plot spoilers and naughty language, so listener discretion is advised. It's time for Trek Off Enterprise Double D's. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. My name is Alexia. Alexia, you sound like shit. Thank you. I appreciate that. Why do you sound so bad? Because um, I'm on my phone. <laughs> You're on your phone. Why? Per, why? Like? Why perchance are you on your phone and not on the lovely audio uh, given to you by the internet? I don't understand. Please explain. Oh, yeah, because my internet is intermittently dropping because Cox sucks, and they suck so bad that they couldn't even fucking show up to fix it. Because that was just too much to ask for, apparently, in the world of, I don't know, customer service. So you're, are you saying you're having a hard time with Cox? I'm having a hard time with Cox. Because Cox sucks. Because <laughs> Cox sucks. Oh, goodness. Like, have you, yeah. reached, have you reached out to Cox? Uh, I have, as a matter of fact. And, you know, they were um, perplexed uh, by the fact that uh, they never showed up to the appointment. Um, apparently, uh, they canceled the technician just canceled it. Like, just like that. Like, just cause he fucking felt like it. Like, cause I think he was running late and he was just like, uh, fuck, I don't want to go there. So he was like, yeah, nobody was there. Are you <laughs> saying like, the Cox ended prematurely? Yeah. Prematurely. Didn't even really show. That's not, I wouldn't say it was premature. Right. What I would say is Cox failed to deliver. That's what Cox, I would say. Cox, Cox failed to deliver. Yeah, that's what I would say. So, so you're not feeling Cox right now? No, really not. Um, I'm still waiting, and I'll be waiting a long time, I suspect. Sadly. For Cox know, to deliver. For Cox to fucking deliver. It's enough, you know, for, it's enough to make you not want Cox anymore? It, you know, it really it kind of is. Like, I'm considering other alternatives. You're going to play I, for the I other team? Am. You know, it, it never really occurred to me so much before now. But, I mean, if I can't count on Cox, then, um, I mean, what can I do, you know? Because Cox, like, be, Cox can be a big fat pain in the ass. Well, definitely. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, you, you, I mean, they can be a giant pain in the ass while you're waiting for them to come. But yeah. Cox just, if Cox won't come, then they're just a big pain in the ass after a while. You know what I That's mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, and if they won't come... Like, what's the point? You know, like I'm not getting anything out of this. You know, at, at this juncture. Now, has that always I, been your case with Cox? No, I mean, previously I had been satisfied, um, and this has just been a really terrible experience all around. So, so, so this time it's just all around Cox is the problem. Yeah, that's that's. that's I think that sort of sums it up. Well. Sadly. Well, I ironically, I would like to give Cox a hand. 
I mean, Co- Cox really blew it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, they really give it. You know what? I'm not. I'm not that hard to satisfy. Strangely, I'm really not. But they you just gave. They, they just gave I mean? you the shaft this time. Really? It's true. It takes a lot of balls, Cox. It does. Um, Seriously. Like, um, a lot of them. Because, you know, we're talking about me here. You know what I'm saying? Like, come yeah. on. Well, I mean, it's 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 uh, hard uh, to wait all day for that Cox uh, car. Get it, cocksucker? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> and the list goes on. Seriously, you could do it all night. (laughs) With Cox. Absolutely, I could do it all night with Cox. I mean, you know, just a bunch of assholes at Cox. Did I tell you that's how Mr. A and I met Cox? (laughs) Oh, you met met with Cox? We met at Cox, yeah. That's astounding. Hey, we have a guest today. We have a guest. Sadly, it's not even been able to last this whole time. I'm sorry. Um, um, uh, so, uh, so going away from Cox and keeping it in the family. <laughs> it's an end. It never stops. Cox never stops. It just keeps going. It keeps going. And Forever. Going. Forever. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> This is what our show's about, ladies and gentlemen. Our show. Take it easy. Take it easy. Sorry, sorry. Just, it's just I can't control myself when I have cocks in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, because I mean, right, no matter what we say, I just have, I'm just thinking about Cox, no matter what we're talking about. No matter what we're talking about. And sometimes it just comes spilling out of my mouth. <laughs> it does. Even if I'm not trying to make it do that. Um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm just limping along here. Um, Introduce our guest, I'm oh, sorry. 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 Your argument is fallacious. Um, who's that? Is that Phil Stamper? Hi, Phil Stamper. Hi, everybody. Sorry. I've been really trying so hard. You've been trying so, so hard. I know. Wow. Uh, welcome to welcome to our show. Um, so, so let's just let's call it the elephant in the room right away. We called you to our show because we can't get you on your own show. Oh, <laughs> oh damn! Yeah, um, he went there, didn't he? Yeah. Well, look, we got we got to say it first, so it's not like hanging over the whole conversation. Right. Um, uh, so, uh, um, this is Phil Stamper of the uh, of the long forgotten but not dead Doctor Who podcast podcast two with phil stamper um we would rather say it's on hiatus because there's going to be so much to talk about next month yes there um, will be. there'll be lots to talk about um and per se maybe i'll join you to talk about some of that stuff Ooh, fancy can't can't nudge nudge wink wink <laughs> um, uh we'll i uh, i uh, 
Alexi, bring, bring Phil up to your your relationship with Doctor Who right now, please. Ooh. Oh, I you have believe... a relationship. I'm very. I want to know this oh, relationship. Of course, I do have a relationship. Yeah. But if um, you're relying on Cox, I'm not sure if it's a solid relationship. <laughs> it's it's not solid. Cox doesn't make it solid. <laughs> it's solid. No, it's not solid. I can't watch Netflix. Man. No. <laughs> I can't watch uninterrupted. Right. Like, nobody wants to be interrupted when they're in the middle of doing Doctor Who, right? Explain. Really? I need to explain that. Oh, because Cox keeps giving out. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. With the doctor. Sorry. It's, it's bigger on the inside. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> gross. Okay, if you couldn't see that pun coming, then there's a problem. <laughs> yes, no, it was coming a mile away. Goodness gracious. The TARDIS does that with Lori. Welcome to our podcast. It is all dick jokes tonight. All dick jokes tonight. All dick jokes all the time. All I'm Trek off. I'm Trek after who? But being serious for a half a second, I'm still only partway through Matt Smith because I got to a place where I felt comfortable stopping. Um, and so I did so because I knew that it was, um, currently airing and I can't, I can't watch it when it's like on the air. Cause that makes me crazy and I don't have TV. So like I actually can't do it. So <laughs> that would make me even more upset. All right. Um, so you are so aware I mean, yeah. back in the, that's what I've done. It's gone back in the past because I hadn't watched the classic stuff yet. Okay. So once I got to Matt's like to where the stopping point in Matt Smith that I decided to stop at, I went back to the original, like from the start, and uh, and the start started gotten... like the two thousand five start. No, the start start. Like I okay. started in the two thousand five start initially because that's what people told me to do. Gotcha. Um, and then I went back to the original. Like, and I gotta tell you, like I know that Justin probably can't do classic Doctor Who for the same reason that he doesn't like the original series. Um, and well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So I fun. like the original series. I like the original series. I just have a problem uh, suspending the disbelief. That's all. That's all. The I production. I think you would stuff. have the same problem in in classic Doctor Who, I guess. But like, it doesn't it doesn't happen for me that way. Like, I for me, it's charming. Like, I love yes. it. You know what I mean? And I guess at this point in the classic, I I think I just finished Tom Baker and was kind of sad that like no more Tom Baker because <laughs> I really liked him a lot. Like his fluffy, curly hair and his goofy face um, pretty much made me happy. <laughs> so he's like my favorite along with, obviously, Tennant. I mean, aren't those the faves of everybody? Like Phil, who are, you, who, who are your favorites? Uh, I will definitely have to say David Tennant's one of my favorites. Sylvester McCoy is actually one of my big favorites. But because I, at the time when I got into Doctor Who, it was in the 90s. So the last Doctor Who had been on television was Sylvester McCoy, and so I jumped into the books, and all ah. the book, and all of the book series were written about Sylvester McCoy because he was quote unquote still the current Doctor. I see. Okay, because I think, and maybe this is why Tom Baker's my other one because my sister used to watch it when I was growing up. She would watch um, Tom Baker, like, and I put it in her like because she watched like Black Adder and like a bunch of other like British shows that I sort of was like. She's weird. She's watching those British shows. Like, so I didn't realize how awesome Doctor Who was and what I was missing out on. But every once well, in a who's, while, I'm like, who's doing construction? 
Who's doing construction right now? <laughs> Not me. I'm here like, bang, <laughs> crash. The lightning right. flash. Maybe I might be kicking something. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have headphones on. I can't hear what I'm kicking. Feels, feels like, feels like you know, while I'm here, I think I'll build this skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, he likes to multitask. Yeah, um, no, no, he's very efficient in that way. Right, there you yeah. go. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, never mind, I can't. I just can't. Let's keep going. I, uh, <laughs> I, I was trying for a Cox reference and it just totally left me. Uh, Cox, Cox, right Cox, out of my exited, Cox, Cox exited from you gently. Um, um, uh, you know, I also, for the first time, um, I listened to a Doctor Who audiobook. Um, okay. Which one? Uh, yeah, it's um, from the, I wish I remember the name of it now. The, um, it's from the original, it's still on my phone, actually, uh, from the Eccleston uh, time. Oh, and I love Eccleston, too. Have you, now, now, Phil, have you done the books? All, like, all of them? Do you, like... How much I have done all of them, all of them. So I don't, definitely don't want to say like I'm an expert on them. And then because there was also a time between when uh, when Doctor Who was off the air before BBC brought it back in 2005 that they were owned by Virgin Books and then they moved over to BBC Books. And then so like all the timelines get even more screwy. And then when it came back on television, they actually borrowed some of the stories from the books to be shown on the television show when it came back in 2005. So timeline and canon gets all weird and it gets even weirder because when they did the whole thing they did recently, I don't want to do too many spoilers that they did on the, on a mini sode with the eighth doctor. What the hell is that? Um, that they did on a mini sode with the eighth doctor. They reference like everything that happened in all of the books that, that made it sort of canon and it really confused everything. Huh? Um, I, the book I read was only human. Um, okay. and it's read by Anthony Stewart head, which nice. is amazing. amazing. And he does, amazing. he does, he does all the voices and it's pretty great. It's fun to hear him do Eccleston, but there's another one that I'm about to, to read. Does he sound um, like, like, does it actually sound like Eccleston? Does he do yeah, a good Eccleston? Yeah, he does a good Eccleston. But the next one I'm going to do is, is actually read by David Tennant. Oh, interesting. Um, is, it, is, it, is it a tenant story? Like it is a tenant doctor, story. Or is it... it is a tenant. Interestingly, I looked into Tennant's background, and evidently he had done a few Doctor Who audiobooks as other doctors before yes. he was Doctor Who. Yes. Oh, wow. Like, BBC, BBC had commissioned like animated audio podcasts, not podcasts, but um, like broadcasts. And yeah, he had been a couple different characters on a couple of different of them. Had he been the doctor at all? Had he ever been the doctor? He had been a different Time Lord, but he had not been a doctor. The Doctor. That's so amazing. Like, what What do you think it's like for him stepping like after doing that? Like, say, he seems to be the one guy who's a huge fan of Doctor Who. Yeah, he like he got into acting to be Doctor Who. Like that was why he wanted to be an actor. Which really? Was exactly. Who. Right, yeah, he yeah. talks about that. He was a huge childhood Doctor Who fan, and that was yeah. like his big. That was his oh my dream. gosh, right? And I honestly think, and when you read some of the production stuff. So if you go back and listen to some of the podcast two episodes, uh, Justin, uh, you can hear that in some of the production stuff, he actually put in some of his own thoughts about like, hey, the doctor really should be doing this because this is really the doctor and this is how I see the doctor, um, which gives me a lot of hope for moving forward starting this coming month with Peter Capaldi because he is a huge fan of Doctor Who to the point that when he was 15, he was actually published in a Doctor Who magazine like the Doctor Who magazine, 
uh, oh, wow. made by the BBC because he was a huge Doctor Who fan. So my my heart is like, thank God we're past Matt Smith because I I just did not like Matt Smith. Uh, that Peter Capaldi will be hopefully that guy who'll come back in and be like, okay, we need to make the Doctor like the Doctor again. You know, I don't. You know, I don't hate Matt Smith either, but like that will make me sort of like be more open to this guy because like from what I saw from like Torchwood and stuff, like he hasn't really blown the skirt up. But, like, I remember everybody telling me that I would love Tenet and being like, um, no, I really like Eccleston. Um, yeah. But, like, once I read about Tenet, that being, like, his dream, like, I was like, oh, my God, that is the sweetest thing. That's so awesome. So, like, if this guy is also, like, a super big Doctor Who fan, I think that might grease the wheels of me liking him more. Right. See, I, I, I felt the Capaldi on, on Torchwood um, – like while he, I feel like given what he had to do, he played the tension, and I, I mean, I he did a, a I think oh, I a great think acting a job. Actor. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think he was a bad oh, yeah. actor. He just didn't strike me as a doctor. Do you know what I mean? Like he didn't strike me as the doctor. Like nothing about him was like I could see that. Well, it so, doesn't seem like he's going to be the doctor as we know now. I mean, everything he's saying is that it's going to be dark. He's going to have a temper. He's going to be angry. Um, like everything I'm reading is that he wants to take it to this this harder place. Which at the same time, if you look at some of the old classic episodes, there were times when the the doctor can be the doctor and be jovial and be whatever and whimsical. But there are times when the doctor gets very serious and very stern and very angry. And in, in a way, we haven't really seen that. We've seen like little little snippets of it. So I'm kind of interested in seeing what they do with an older doctor portraying yeah, that have, kind like, of element. In the classic, you have, you know, you sort of. Oh, my gosh. Characters. What happened? What? What was that? I don't know. What? Did you hear the explosion? Yes. There was an explosion. It wasn't an did explosion, have, but it was like something fell. Did you have an explosion, Phil? That wasn't, that wasn't me. <laughs> something exploded. It's not here. It's peaceful my, here. My brother is here. Matthew, are you okay? <laughs> I'm dead. I don't know how I'm crying out when I'm dead, but I'm dead. But I'm dead. You, have, you know what? You're so kind and understanding and sweet justin you really are i and, try but yeah you can make a joke about his bad brother like, i'm sorry <laughs> are you there phil i'm here, I am here. you're not dead did <laughs> phil die i i am not dead or i am and this is this is a ghost or this oh this is the weeping angel phil oh no ah, creepy well, Harry. I mean... no thank you <laughs> I almost held up the phone, like out of fear. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, interestingly, I think that um, going back to uh, Capaldi and and the darkness. First of all, about Matt Smith, I I liked Matt Smith a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. I liked. I I don't like everything that they did on the Matt Smith episodes, but I thought that I liked his early, very funny, very energetic and whimsical portrayal of the Doctor. And then you know, I feel like. I don't think it was his fault that his doctor had to yell and be superhero all the time. Cause that's, that's the problem. The only problem I, I had is that he's, you know, I'm the doctor and you better watch your fucking self. You know, there's a lot you of know, that. The problem I had with him is I felt like, and this again, I don't think it was Matt Smith's fault. Like I felt like they, they had more episodes written for tenant and like just gave him to Matt Smith. And it was like, well, that doesn't really give him the opportunity to make it his own. Yeah, you know completely. I mean? Most and of that sort of unfair. <laughs> like, most of that first season with him was written with Matt, with David Tennant to be the Doctor. Why would Tennant leave? So I don't get why. 
why would someone who wanted to do this their whole life and given they're only like 12 episodes a season, why after three seasons would you leave? I don't get it. Well, at, at the same time, if you look at how he had done it, you know, he started at the end, you know, the very last episode of one and then he did three full seasons and then he did a season of the specials. But for his career, I think the way he words it is if he hadn't have left, he never would have left. Like he would have been the doctor forever and ever and ever and ever. And I think he also, he made a comment that he knew uh, Russell T Davies was leaving. Um, uh, oh, I forgot the other executive producer who was leaving. So some of the people behind this leaving and he's like, you know, it feels like it's the right time. You know, the, the whole point of the doctor is, is change and growth too. Do you think he regrets it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you think that he like wishes he could go back and be the doctor again? That he misses it? Absolutely. I bet he does. I bet he does. Right. Like I, think I, I can understand from an from an actor perspective. Like even if, like I said, I mean, from what I understood, he like the reason he became an actor was to be the doctor. But like at some point, like you do also after you've been an actor, right? Like you go, well, I like being other stuff too. Right. Yeah, but so it's only like three be, years. You know, like when Friends five. can be on the air for oh, five. He started. Uh, Technically, he started in Christmas of 2005 and went all the way to Christmas of 2010. Wow. So I guess they were just spread out more because I just yeah. I just think like it's I just think so he did, you know, one with Rose, one with Rose, uh, four, I guess four seasons because then he did one with Martha yeah. and then he did one with Donna. Yeah. Right? No, he, did, he did one with Rose, one with Martha, one with Donna. Then you had the season of two with uh, Rose, right? He did two with Rose, right? Or just one. He only did one. Rose did two seasons herself, but one was with Eccleston right. and was with Denna. Okay. Have we confused you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I remember. So, <laughs> so I, the thing about Smith that I really liked is that Smith was, was, I just felt that he took the whimsical side of Tennant and just played that. But then occasionally he would like, I believed him as sad. I believed, I didn't believe him as dark, but I believed him as sad a lot. Yeah. I can see the sad. I can definitely see the sad. Um, sure. what I thought, what I thought Tennant did that was really, really interesting that I really dug was the moral dubiousness of the doctor was so present with Tennant. It was very much the, the, the moment that killed me was when he was, uh, when he had to forget himself and like whatever the, when he like had a wife that, you know, yes. they have something where knowing full well that Martha was waiting for him, he just invited the, the wife to come instead. And then when she said no, he came back to Martha like nothing happened. He would have like totally bailed on on Martha just because he wanted something else. And yeah. that always that always struck. That was the first time I was like, "What a shithead!" A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. And, and that, that was the point of was with with him. With I think that's why I loved him best with Donna. Like because it wasn't there was none of this sexual tension or potential mating going on. Like, right. So it wasn't like that. They were like partners they were like pals they were mates you know what i, I mean that was the one thing I, I liked the most about that season with donna was just like you said they were friends because that initially they were going to bring in a new companion when they knew that martha wasn't going to come back for that next season they and there's a whole weird stupid story behind that um they were going to bring in a companion that was going to be rose 2.0 it was going to be another uh, love interest another whatever uh, and i'm so really glad, glad they didn't do that exactly what? exactly but now, how how far are you in, with Matt with Matt Smith right now? What, what's the last thing you saw with Matt Smith? Me? Um, no, Alexia. Oh. I don't want to spoil anything. So I feel I like it was. Uh, I watched just to see like the whole killing the doctor thing sort out. The what? Like 
the whole storyline where um, spoilers, everyone obviously, if you haven't seen it, um, with um, when you find out that she, um, when this she? is after they already knew that that um, that River was, you know, Rory and um, what's her name? Amy. Maybe or whatever. Like after you knew that, after and, and you knew that she had killed um, the doctor. And All right, so that, that's 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 enough for me to say what I'm going to say. I like what they did with Amy Pond. I like that she started out as maybe Rose 2.0 and ultimately made a choice that she chose not the doctor. She chose someone else. I someone... hated the idea of Amy Pond. I hated her a lot until there was Rory. Well, Amy that's the thing. Rory I like, Amy I don't. I well, like Amy just, is not anything special except for Rory. Rory is the part of that that's good. See, and I really I really liked Amy and and I, I not at first, but I liked I liked Amy when when once she chose Rory, that, then suddenly she grew so much as a character for me because it was no longer about I have a crush on the doctor. It was, I, I hated, but I see that I a little differently so because I really don't think that Amy chose Rory. And what I mean by that is, I mean, she did in the end, but I think it was only because the doctor made her choose Rory. Like, he yeah, I never felt like from... she chose Rory. I always felt like sexual tension, weirdness, and the doctor made it pretty clear, like, no. Right. So she chose Rory. But the way I read into it, and because I'm the weird production nerd that'll read behind the scene notes the way it's supposed to read is because he's caused so much damage. Like he ruined, he looks at it like he ruined Rose's life. Like, you know, he stranded her in this parallel dimension with now, yeah, a copy of him, but it's not really right. him and all these things. And so she, he broke her away from Mickey and did, you know, he destroyed her life. And I think he felt if I go into this with Rose or excuse me with Amy, that I'm going to do it all over again. Now, now Alexia, did you see the 50th anniversary special? No. No. All right. So is everything out there like like is everything out there like right now up to the beginning of Capaldi? Could could Alexia find everything without having to pay for it right now, Phil? Um, you know what? I, I need to double check on Netflix. I, I thought they had uploaded the rest of Matt Smith's time. But um, I, I don't think I don't think the 50th anniversary is anywhere. I think you have to buy that DVD. Are you like, I think you have to, I don't think you can rent it. I don't think you have to like buy one, it on Amazon or something like Prime or iTunes. It's not like even that. on Prime, I think. I know up through a couple oh, really? months ago, you could watch it on demand on, on Comcast or Xfinity, excuse me, whatever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how Cax handles it, but. You don't know how to handle Cox? No. <laughs> I don't know if Alexia can handle the Cox. Um, well, Alexia knows how to handle Cox. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, I don't even have words. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so I would, I mean, it, that would be a great, if you could follow up with us. So, so we can, and you and I finally hit the show, Phil, you and I can talk about it there, but I would love to, for the people who are listening to Trek off to, to follow up at some point and say, so yes, you can. And here's where you can find everything. So if you, if you send me an email about that on our next episode, I will go ahead and read, uh, that to people and go, yes, here's where you can find it. If you want to watch all the way up to the beginning of Capaldi. So, so now, that is there is there anything is there any kind of cliffhangers or any of that shit before him coming in that I need to be concerned about with Peter Capaldi? Or it, yeah, or is it going to be a nice kind of ending place? There, I'm asking. There is a general like. Well, he just he regenerates into Capaldi, and but there's not a huge story element like leading into Capaldi, other than the fact that regeneration has happened. Um, okay. there, there is a, 
there's a piece of that story that I think may play into it, but not necessarily as a cliffhanger into the fir the first episode. Okay, fair enough. I just I hate that I like I like shows that I come back to watch like because they're good, not because like you're you know blackmailing me by not telling me something that I have hey, to know. <laughs> speaking of emotional blackmail, let's talk about Torchwood. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to talk about emotional blackmail, you pretty much have to talk about Torchwood, I think. Um, so uh, you mentioned that you watched Torchwood and Peter Capaldi's season in particular, which was um, an astoundingly great season until the last 15 minutes of it. Um, bullshit. <laughs> and, and the last, I mean, I mean, Phil, you and I have talked about it before and Alexi, but let's, now that we are all together, can we just say that, that not, not the stars season, but the, the uh, children, what's it called? The um, children of God or some shit. Children yeah. of Earth. Children of Earth, that, 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 that season, that the end of that season is so manipulative that it spoiled, it, 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 it wrecked all of Torchwood for me. Really? It did. It wrecked all of Torchwood for me, but it pissed me off rather a lot. Like, it, it really upset me. Like, I was, I was salty at the end of Torchwood. Like, yeah, that. me too. I, I was, I was even okay with main characters dying. I'm, I'm, I'm open about the fact that I'm okay with it. If it's justified and I felt like it was, I felt like it was fine. But when we get to the oh, spoiler alert, skip ahead a couple of minutes. You don't hear the end of Churchwood. Um, when, uh, all right, last chance. Here we go. So when Jack, <laughs> when Jack is forced through a leap of logic that I still don't understand to yeah. murder his own grandson, and weep and scream as he's doing it. I was done. I was like, this yeah. is not like it was. I love tragedy. I like tragedy. I think that it, so, I saw it coming a mile away, though. It was such a fucking setup to be like, isn't this the most awful thing ever? Aren't right. you just so tore up? And it's like, like fuck you. I mean, I mean, because because it's not tragedy. It didn't it didn't feel earned. There wasn't like there wasn't like a, a resolute like this is what has to happen. It was like like you might as well have like then flash pictures of the Holocaust and nine eleven and you know dead babies and like whatever. Wow. Just go, just go. Here's 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 shit to bother you. Yes. Like, yeah, like, that's the purpose of it. For, for me, when I watched it, in your face. Like, for me, when I watched it, I, that's the one part of it, that that episode that I hate. But I think that's supposed to be your emotional response because now it's like, do you hate Jack for what he did? But it was sort no, of like, I, it, I didn't wonder if I hated Jack for what I was just like. This was this was unpleasant. This I liked it too. Did you ever see the movie they made out of the mist? Did anyone else see that film? Um, parts of it I kind of remember. I, well, so I used to listen to that story, um, that audio book, um, like when we would, like as children, we would go up to, um, like every year we'd go to Ocean City and we would listen to The Mist a lot of times. So like I was really familiar with the story. And so when they were coming out with the movie, I was like, oh, this should be interesting, right? And the way that? they ended the movie, that's like a train maybe, but that's not me. <laughs> what is going what is on? What happened? Because I didn't hear anything, and you now didn't I'm hear afraid. Anything? Weird. Okay, so Are this is the all right. So when you said there was an explosion, I moved like one of my headphones off. So I'm like, okay, if something else is going on in the house that I can't hear because I have headphones on, let me hear what's going on. I literally just put my one headphone back on my ear. How did there here be a train? That's astounding. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm redoing. Like, if I hear, if I hear a flock of ducks, I'm going to be really upset. Um, <laughs> Um, 
So, so, anyway, um, so yeah, I, was, I liken it to the end of that film. Like, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Mist, like, it ends stupid and bad and just like that. Yeah. It's, it's like, a, what's the most awful thing you can think of? Well, that's what we're going to do. For no like, reason. Just so that you like, will yeah. hate the world. Just so yeah. that you will want to die. Like, it's just yeah, yeah, it's, terrible. It's like, it's like, here, let's show some, you know, like, like, like it's like, I, I I don't even know what else to equate it to. Like I like 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 here. Let's just show images of of car crashes and funerals and like like just here's some stuff to upset you. Like it's yeah. not entertaining. It's not compelling. It yeah. doesn't make me cry. I wasn't even. I was. I. It was so over the top. I stopped being emotionally engaged. I mean, I guess it does make me cry. Like it doesn't. I don't have the same response that you do. But what it does is it takes me so far that I go no. Well, and, it's, and it, I had maybe the same response. It wasn't that I went, it, it, it wasn't that I went numb so much as that I was taken out of the, um, I I was taking I was taken out of the the whole process. Like, Wait a minute, I, I heard, the sexy lady just spoke. What did she say? Um, sorry, I, I accidentally uh, clicked the thing, but we're good. Oh, okay, we're still good. Um, I was t- I was taken completely out of the process. Um, uh of watching it. It was like, I, I was upset and there was a point when I realized what they were doing and I was like, Oh, they're just trying to upset me. And I stopped seeing the characters. I stopped seeing the plot. I stopped caring. It was like, it was like just watching a play I had seen a hundred times. It was just like, okay, I, I, I get it. I'm supposed to be sad now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I stopped being compelled by it. And then I made the mistake. Alex, if you want the edge taken off of, um, how much Torchwood was able to hurt you? I encourage you to watch the uh, the, the last season of Torchwood, which is now available on Netflix, because you really won't care. Yeah. <laughs> because you truly will just be like, this is dull and and not worth watching at all. And Mackay Pfeiffer they, seems to be in a different show. Like it's got Harkness in it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I can feel that way if he's in something because I really love him. Like I love him a lot. Right. Well, the, pro- the problem is not him. He's fine. Gwen is fine. I can't remember the the other gal's name that's throughout the entire season. The blonde that's in it. I can't remember her name. Mackay Pfeiffer is is horrible. Like he gave up. Is <laughs> yeah. like he was like my life sucks. Why am I doing this show? Didn't give two craps. Let me finish my contract and then yeah. just to be consistent with the rest of the seasons. They ended in the last. Five minutes, five, not even five minutes, less, maybe minute of that show, they did the worst things they ever could have. Actually, no, it was the last five minutes of that, that episode. They did probably all of, the, all of the wrong things. See, I'll never get there. I gave up. And you know what? I had something was wrong with Jack, and I don't know what was up, but I guess uh, uh, John Barrowman lost a lot of weight or something. Um, he looked wrong to me. He looked... Mm. He looked thin and he looked different and he looked old. And I, I'm pretty sure he also has plastic surgery on a regular consistent basis. No, but here's the here's the thing. No, I don't think so because on Arrow, um, when he shows up on Arrow, he looks like Jack again. That is he, true. He's back to he looking great. how how I'm used to always that that's what he looks like. But in that in that in in that episode of uh um what is Phil? Are you in a, yeah. on a highway? <laughs> yeah. What is going on? What are you talking about? Like I'm not hearing anything. That's amazing. Yeah, we're hearing like a it's like a wind tunnel or something. Like like a a... You know what? 
I hear the fan on my computer, but I don't know if it's like amazing. It's incredible. Noise. That's so weird. Okay. Um. So so yeah. Whoa. <laughs> okay, that is the fan on my computer because I just picked up my laptop just to hear the fan and then. Yeah, no, we, so we, we heard you. It, it sounded like an explosion. <laughs> so I'm gonna. All right, like a here's a test. Like a building fell. <laughs> now with sound of track off. Now with sound effects. That's amazing. Okay. Okay. Let me not. I'm don't gonna, touch okay. anything. I'm not Just touching touch anything. I'm not moving. Don't, touch it. don't, don't breathe. Be careful. <laughs> um, uh, no, I just think that 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 I won't ever get to that last episode that you're talking about because I got Mackay Pfeiffer's performance took me out. I got I didn't care about the story. It seemed all. It just seemed wrong. It just none of it seemed right, and I was bored. And then I found Arrow right after, so I was done. So I, I wasn't um, bored. Like I, I, there were moments I really liked. There were moments that made me almost feel sick to my stomach because there were some things like oh, that were definitely there to give you that kind of like, oh my god, they're really gonna go there and give you that kind of an emotional response of things like, oh, I don't even know what to do with my life right now. <laughs> like, um, like there were a couple of moments. Like, there's a big death at one point. Um, not of a ma- not even of a major character, but the way they kill off this particular person made me like have that been, moment of like. Ugh. I would have been I have into to watch it. this now. I feel like because I, I mean I love I love John Merriman a lot. But then there's also there's like one episode that's nothing but prose, like nothing but here. Let's explain scientifically and medically how this thing that's happening could even be scientifically possible and the ramifications of our biology and how medicine. Works. I got like five. Like there's, 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 I'll tell you when I checked out of the show, um, minor spoiler alert, Mackay Pfeiffer has to walk out of a hospital while he's not feeling well. Um, and he just decide, Hey, it's so stupid because he's like, he's walking up to carts and just going, ah, there's narcotics right here. I'll just grab them. Um, and he's, and, and, and which, which, which I know for a fact, oh, you, you can't checked do. out on a reality level. What are you no, doing? Wait, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm not, I'm not done. And then he's like, Shaking around, going, hey, I don't. It's just like it's just. I didn't know what show he was on. No, I'm with know. you. Like, it's, it's here's the thing. That's and I like Mackay Pfeiffer. I think yeah, he's I a good too. actor. I love that guy. But like, here's the thing. This isn't necessarily about like reality because I know that you have experience as a nurse, so like you know more than the average person does. But even I know, right? This is where you get me. Like, because I don't know if you guys watch uh, House of Cards or not, but I'm at a point. I do. That, um, I'm at a point in season two. Um, oh, just finished where, season one, so easy. okay. I'm at a point in season two where something has happened that, like, I, I'm and like just minor spoiler, cops are involved, right? And I'm like, they have evidence, they have things that they like. They're so stupid that they can't see this. Like, come on, like you're asking a lot from me. So like, it's like that. Like, you can't ask me like to expect that to believe that like in a hospital they just leave like narcotics just like hanging out in the hallway. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows that's not so. Like, that's not insider knowledge. Like, I understand sometimes there's, you know, if you happen to be in an industry and then you're watching it in a movie and it's not portrayed correctly and you're like, oh, like, but that's like high level shit. But like, there's shit, there's shit that we all know to not be so. Yeah. It's like, listen, come but, on. But the thing about Mackay Pfeiffer is he's clearly in a Jim Carrey movie. Um, <laughs> 
he's clearly in the mask. He thinks. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there's, so. there's clearly he's 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 doing his funny walk. Um, it, it's just it it it's so distracting, um, that it just like it takes the motivation out of everything else. And and uh, honestly, Barrowman is doing an okay job. It's Gwen who I think is spectacular, at least in the first few episodes that I saw. Um, Gwen is great. Uh, I like her though. I um, but but yeah, done. Hey, you know what we should do before uh, we go too much longer because we're we're uh, well into the. Let's talk about Star Trek. I was going to yeah. say, so let's talk about some Star Trek because you know what? I was actually so. Anytime I see DS Nine now, I think of you. Thank uh, you. Because it's, because it's your favorite. I'm um, watching it again. I'm I'm. I just started I, season I three. Just, I just started over, very recently. Um, cool. because you I just was, finished next gen, right? Yes. All right. So I was actually, um, you know, because you talk so frequently about how weak season one is. Um, and I find that um, the first episode is, 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 like, really good in a lot of ways. Like, Let me, let me be clear. Let me uh-huh. be clear. I, I don't think that season one is weak. I think that season one is hard to get through for someone who hasn't seen DS9. Um, I think that season one is way better on a rewatch because what I what feel what feels like stupid Bajoran filler episodes on a rewatch now seems like like setting up of chess pieces for what's going to come later. Hmm. So so I remember my first impression of DS Nine was I hated the Bajoran a Bajoran episode would come on and be like oh another fucking Bajoran episode, but now that I know where everything goes. I'm very much like I, I I'm very compelled by most of the episodes in season one, with the exception. Uh, see, of I never felt that way. Like I never I never had a, a I hate this stupid Bajoran shit. Like I dig those ep- Like even the first time I watched it, like they were some of the more interesting ones. Like the ones that like the ones that weren't good are like when fucking Vosh shows up with Q. That's terrible. It's like it's a yeah. terrible fucking episode. It's talk awful. about another talk about another performance that like Mackay Pfeiffer's performance. She's terrible in that episode. She's really not very good. And there's it's there's a, a I mean it's so it's just so bad all over the place. It's yeah. like really? It's it's Q chasing her like a scorned boyfriend? Like, come on, you guys. It's like, it's weird because I looked at it as okay, here's the shticky episode with Q in Deep Space Nine. Though I love Q and John Delancey, but I felt like too. okay, we're just get it, we're just gonna get this episode to have Q at Deep Space Nine. But then I always yeah. wanted him to come back for Deep Space Nine. Yeah, um, it was like, why don't you have a real Q episode? You're gonna have Q there, right? Like have a real one. Like because the most the most literally the most entertaining moment in that entire episode is when he, when um when Cisco punches him and he's like, yeah. you struck me. Picard never struck me. It's like, well, I'm not Picard. I'm not Picard. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. That's the only reason to watch that episode. But, no, 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 no. The, the, the worst. <laughs> the worst. The, well, first of all, Dr. Bashir also does a great falling asleep bit that I think it shows oh, his I, comedic I, chops. It's so. It's such a shame, though, because he's so adorable, and they waste him. Like, and they have this whole silliness with him. And this, I will say, but he's watch. good there. He's good there. No, he's, he's funny. He's great, but like, it's silly. And well, I will say this on the rewatch, though, because I know that him and um, uh, Miles become so close that I see it a little bit differently now in the opening when he's like, you know 
talking up the Jordan chick, and Miles is kind of in the background, like that fucking guy. Well, you that's the thing. I mean? That's why I like season one now, because because season that like people go, well, can I just skip season one? Like you can skip yeah. season one. You can skip season one of the next generation. You'll miss some good episodes, but if you start at season two, you'll absolutely be fine. Like you're not going to go, what the fuck is going on then this show? I don't get this. Um, but you absolutely, sure. you absolutely, to get the full effect of DS9, you have to watch season one because you have it to see the relationships as they start, yes. like which is important because of, of where they go and how they develop. Yes. And I think, I think the thing that I liked the most um, is, is, I mean, so far I think the first episode is is a lot better than I remembered it, and I think because. It took, like, I don't know, maybe I was sort of resistant to the hokiness of the wormhole aliens and them being gods of some kind and, and that kind of being the first heavy religious overtones in, in Star Trek, really. Um, but the more, like, the, when I was re-watching it this time, like, it really struck me, and I think it struck me every time I've watched that episode, when, when they keep going back to him um, with his dead wife on the ship. And they're like, why do you exist here? And it's just like such an interest, like it's such a a philosophical and like human question. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those episodes that's like in a way super super Star Trek because it really makes you think about like how we function, you know, right. and like what pain, like what that does to us emotionally as people, and like the fact that it absolutely can keep you there right like a lot like stop you from progressing in your life in a fashion you know what i mean like and and it's just it's some deep shit you know what i mean that like i just feel like you don't get on other shows you know what i mean well again and i like deep space nine for me and and justin and i justin and i have had this conversation deep space nine is probably my favorite star trek series um yours as well okay yeah i i I don't know i and it's hard for me to even explain it i don't know it because it just you had a little bit of a different dichotomy. It wasn't like, yay, we're all going to get along and we're happy all Federation people. I don't, I don't know if that was it. I don't know if it was just a, there was some better stories. There was a better ensemble. I'm not really sure because I think the world of the ensemble that was on Deep Space, or on um, The Next Generation. Um, and, of course, the original series is the original series. So it's even hard to say I'm comparing, even though I think Voyager was shit. Um, but Deep Space Nine... Uh, Notice how you don't even bother mentioning Enterprise. <laughs> it's just like no, the thing is, I and but okay, I'll say this: I like Enterprise. Enterprise was, I mean, for me, I I I, um, I don't want to rank, but I liked Enterprise better than the original series. There, I said it. Oh my gosh! Wow! I really liked Fire Enterprise. in the Hole. I really yeah, liked Enterprise, dude. and I wish they had had one more quality season. That was sort of like not what they did for the first season. The, the one with the Zindi. Um, the one that they did in their last. Like, if they could re- have repeated their last season as a whole new season of things, like, I that I would have been over the moon because that's I thought it, the, their last That's season. it. The last time I make a movie, I'm going to shoot you right in the head. Wait. <laughs> You've already done that in the first one. Spoiler alert. Goodness The whole world. Only, only our Trekoff fans now know that spoiler. There right. we go. Boom. Right. That's what you get for being a loyal listener. And there's a drinking game. Watch Ninjas vs. Zombies, and every time you see me die, take a drink. 
and you won't be standing by the end. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's true. If you were to watch it and, and take a every time I die too, do I? I, I that's true too. Do I kill you in in vampires as well? Yeah, I do. You do, but yeah. I did Manson. a better job of trying to hide myself because I knew I was going to be used over and over. But Manson, so so so, and you and you are in the Trekoff movie quite a lot. So I we just got to figure out how to By the way, Yeah, I know. That's right. what I'm thinking. I was, I, just, I was just thinking, like, I don't die in Trek. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Keep in mind. You know where he lives, Justin? <laughs> right. I'm turning um, around and looking out the window. That was the uh, interesting I know. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, I think that... Um, Here that, comes Justin. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I think that, that for me, the the... And and it, it it was galvanized when when you were just saying what you were saying about the the difference between the shows, um, the next generation is 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 or the, the original series is is like some iconic characters doing iconic stuff in a time that looks nothing like what anything familiar to me. It looks like '60s TV, or it looks like space, or it looks like it just it's the '60sness of it even makes it more otherworldly. It never feels like home to me. It always feels like exploring. Star Trek The Next Generation feels like Cheers. Everyone gets along. Everybody knows your name. It's a fun place to visit. Um, it's, it's, it's a place that is that, that you can check in anytime. You can miss five in a row and you're just fine. You can show up. It's a friend's house you can go to visit. DS, <laughs> DS, but I'm not, like, I'm not that into everything that's happening with all the characters. Like, I'm, like Picard's arc is interesting in that he changes somewhat between the first and last season. And he does, you know, in, in each show that he's the focus on, he does a great job doing whatever it is that he has to do. Worf has a pretty big arc. Data has sort of an arc. Um, but everyone else is kind of like, they make subtle changes from beginning to the end. Um, whereas when I watch DS9, just watching Miles and, and, and Bashir not get along in an episode means something to me because these that feels like home. That feels like family. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and the one so thing... I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, so that's that's my thought. Well, like for me, and again, because I'm the whole weird production note kind of guy who likes to read about some of that stuff, like to hear when they weren't sure if they were going to be able to, because, and I hate to say it like this, but the whole point of Deep Space Nine was to cast a black, a black captain. That was I, it. I don't want right. to say the whole point, but I would well, say they did that deliberately, yes. Right. But when they were unsure if they could actually accomplish that, they thought about making Sadiq Al-Fadil or Alexander Sadiq to make him the captain. I don't, I don't know if you've ever talked about that. Like there was a plan to make him captain, whoever um, in the show, if they couldn't have cast anybody else. So they, he, he was actually one of the first people they cast for the show, knowing he could go in either one of these different directions. So I think they had a lot of confidence in his ability as an actor. And I think you saw that because, and in the growth that he was able to do. And Hey, you know what? And he has had, he was just on the front page of Yahoo news the other day. Oh, really? he, yeah, yeah, he is joining the cast of Game of Thrones. Oh, I did see that. I, I did see that. Fucking show, damn it! You do? <laughs> I have to fucking watch that show now. I have to yeah. finish the book so that I can watch the show because I fucking love him. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he like I, I was. Him. I was surprised to see his face. I was like, oh my gosh, Sid, Sid's on Sid's on the front now. Like that's and he keeps showing up. Like like it seems like more than anyone, I, his is the face that I see. Like he tends he's to show up and show. He's very good. He really is. Like they, I, he, obviously, I had a huge crush on him. Um, I feel like they underutilized him a lot. Uh, they, there's so much they could have done with him, and they do stuff with him later, at least in the series. But like in the beginning, they he's the butt of a lot of jokes. 
Right. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, but I think I, I think that says something about him. Is it? And I, I, I think a, I think a lot of series have this problem too. But I think especially Space Nine, because uh, again, if because again, I'm the stupid production nerd. They didn't know where they were going to end with with Deep Space Nine, like the, how they were going to end it. Spoiler alert with what happens with, with Cisco in the end. And they even referenced that when they did the first episode, when they did Emissary, that they didn't know that they were ever going to reference the Prophets again. And, really? That's yeah. really interesting. And, and they made comments about like, uh, I'm trying to remember things, some of the things that they had said, but as they were in the last season, and knowing that it was going to be the last season, as they were preparing for the final episode, that uh, one of the one of the showrunners was saying, "I knew at the end we had to make uh, um, uh, Avery Brooks a god." Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think it's really interesting. It's it's uh, watching where I am in season three. It's interesting that nobody still nobody really calls him emissary. Like it's yeah. it's yeah. Um, so maybe it just took a while to catch on. It comes up. I feel like once, it, like it starts. Right? Do you know who calls him emissary? Deal. Kai Wynn calls him emissary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. She's like the only one who does, and she says it in kind of that emissary. Oh yeah, no, she has a way of saying it like shitty. <laughs> like, right. um, like, I'm being respectful, only I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But like it's, oh, I I love okay. Kira's relationship with him, where she is, she can be both. Like by like season yeah. five, she yeah, she, she reveres him. And yet, I at the same time, I recently watched the episode in season one where she has to like turn in her, you know, I guess I don't know if I want to say friends, but friends is probably the right word. Her, you know, terrorist friends. Yeah, the right? Chicago like that haven't where she ha- where they haven't like that's what I'm talking about. It's like dealing with this idea of they had to be terrorists to fight for what they believed in to get their world back. Oh, you like couldn't they, do the show today. I mean, that's the no. thing. You couldn't do that now. Yeah, you really couldn't. But, but, it, but, but what was so key about it was that here was this guy who was stuck in this mindset, and here was Kira realizing, like, that time is over. Like, that was an extreme time. We needed to take extreme measures because of our circumstance. But that's not so now. Now is the time for us to repair. Now is the time for us to behave differently. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's such an interesting episode, seeing her kind of struggle with that, with these people that she bled with, you know what I mean, that she fought with, that are, you know, kind of family, and realizing, like, you can't move past this. Well, I mean, I I always got... I always got the sense that the that the Bajorans were supposed to be like the IRA, that the, they were never supposed to be like your Middle Eastern terrorists. No, absolutely they, not. Yeah. Because but but now now that the IRA is is you know, you don't hear so much from them anymore. Um the the like when you hear terrorists, it's there's one there's some very specific images that come into your head. Oh yeah. And, and the idea that they're the show is basically saying terrorism is absolutely uh, a worthwhile way to to oppose a force that you can't beat militarily. But w- um, one, of, one of the things that's interesting for me now is the, the only season of any Star Trek I own on, on DVD is the last season of Deep Space Nine. And yeah. watching that, I got, and I got it maybe like, I don't know, 2007, 2008-ish, and watching that season and r- having that moment of, wait a minute, this season happened before 9-11, before we were in a state of war. And it, it's sort of like watching those parallels, though, and, and 
you know, thinking about things that are happening um, in our military actions now and looking at what's, what happened on that episode on some of those shows that focused on, on the conflict that they were in with the Dominion, it was like, whoa, this is really heavy, but it's heavy in retrospect. Because you're right, I don't think yeah. if, if Deep Space Nine happened after 9-11 that we would have had those same kind of episodes. No, no you... absolutely not. You couldn't have done it. There was like the, the, you couldn't have passed it through you know, the studio execs, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I don't need, I certainly couldn't fly today either because it's still like the, the idea of having a show that, go, that, that says, you know what, there are, you know, if you can't beat these guys militarily and you want them to do what you want, then, you know, then this is what you got to do. Um, I mean, I do think there's a distinct difference. Yeah, in no, there that, is. You know, well, in, I think, in, I think that, it was like they wanted their plan back, like they mm-hmm. were being oppressed as a people. Well, right, and I, like, I think that's the one thing that, and, and when they finally have the Maquis doing the same thing, that's a different story. The Maquis are clearly wrong in what they're doing um, because, because the, the, the Cardassians are Nazis. Like the Cardassians are absolutely, they're, they're clearly based on, on fascist regimes. They're clearly, you know, that you couldn't get more mustache twirling bad guys. Like they oh, are, they're not, yeah. clearly bad guys. Like they're, you know, it's not a situation where, you know, there are people who are a, a, a mightier force is occupying a land. And so you're trying to do, you know, terrorists. This is like, we took your people and we put them in forced labor camps. And we like, like the, the, the yeah. Cardassians were clearly bad folks. And at the same time, the Bajorans were never attacking Cardassia. They were only ever attacking bases on their own thing. So yeah, yeah. you know, and, and even then they dealt with, and it's shitty that we had to do that. And it, it, hurts that you have to do that and you don't ever want to have to do that like the show like is anti-terrorism while at the same time like it's the sort of dialogue that you can't have today that i wish you could we could go you know what you have to see the point of view of the terrorist and also be able to say and it's wrong and it's not okay and it's a soul-crushing horrible thing and it should not happen um and i think that that ds9 straddles that line really really well and and i wish you could have that complex a discussion these days yeah. I mean, I think it's great that, I mean, I want, like, it makes me wonder, like, what a person, like, growing up in that atmosphere, like, because they can watch Deep Space Nine, like, it's done, you know what I mean? Like, what, if they had never seen it, like, what their perspective on it would be watching it for the first time, I think that would be really interesting. Right. Like, I, I wish I could get my niece to, to watch more Star Trek, like. She, uh, she, she's just not, she's like a teenager now. You know how it is when you're a teenager, especially when you're, you know. I watched, I watched a ton of Star Trek when I was a teenager. I mean, I did yeah. too, but she's not a geeky teenager, yeah. apparently. She's like uh, into fashion and girly stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. Maybe I, she'll catch up with it. <laughs> but like, I really wonder what her perspective would be like, you know, coming into it from having grown up, you know, post 9-11 really. Well, I think I think that's the you know that was always the appeal of of sci-fi is that you can you can have these discussions you <clears throat> you can't have these discussions on twenty four, you know what I mean? No, yeah. You got to yeah. have these you got to have these discussions in these allegorical ways where you go you know what you got to see it from all perspectives, and that's yeah. always been the point. It's always been the point of star of, of Star that's Trek. What is you've I've always see it loved about it. I mean, I really feel like, I mean, I almost feel like it should be like required watching, like the way it opens your mind to different possibilities, to different considerations is huge to me. Like I, I think it's invaluable, like growing, I think I'm so, I was so benefited from growing up on that. I really do. That like, I wish everybody watched it growing up. 
like just to expand their mind because you're right. Like the other stuff that you're exposed to and a lot of it, you know, is, you know, dazzle, dazzle, don't look at what's wrong in the world. You know what I mean? Which I love. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that stuff. I enjoy it. But like there's something to be said for having this framework where you can consider stuff in a sort of abstract way so that you can, so you're not so directly involved in what's going on in the world where, you know, it's too tough to talk about. So you can put it in this, in this space place and, and consider the stuff from all angles and, you know, kind of grow your perspective. I just think it's good. I love that shit, obviously. <laughs> but you don't love Cox. Cox I don't, I don't Cox. love Cox. Not, not anymore. No. Not anymore. Um, I mean, uh, if you let me down, that's what happens, my friends. <laughs> word, word to the wise. That's um, what this has been, oh, wow. Too soon. Um, because <laughs> I loved those guys. Doing Gale. He said David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Get it? Oh. But they'll always be doing Gale to me, and the idea that they broke up yeah. breaks my heart. Um, what did I yeah, years ago. No, like for like a long time ago. In See, real life, not Doing Gale, but in real life. No, doing Gale broke up too. <laughs> no, but they got back together, and the Scream Four is like they were kind of together-ish. Um, Ish. Anywho, this well, has been great. I still haven't seen Scream Four. Oh, whoops! I mean, they died. I mean, they survived. Who knows what happens? I can't tell. I forget. Everybody died at the end of the last. Scream, right? Yay! Everybody. Yay! I love Scream 4. You know what? You know, uh, <laughs> Scream 4 is a good film. You should see it. I really enjoyed it. It's better than 3. It's about as I good as 2. I think I did see it. I think I did see it. I'm not, kind of fun. I'm not, yeah, I think it was good. I've liked all the Scream movies. I really have. It's, I mean, it's good stuff. I love it. It's. I thought the ending of 3 was shit, but... but uh... Well, three was it's 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 worth noting that three had a different writer. Three was rushed together. Three's very kind of PG thirteen ish. Scream four has something to say, so it's kind of fun. It's a fun film. Check it out. Like the first one, you know, with the you know the rules of being in a horror movie. I just yeah. This, Scream so four good. is the the rules of being in a reboot is what Scream four is all yes. about. Oh, and I cool. love that. That's what I'm saying. I love all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, meta shit. I love it. It's good. Well, this has been great. Uh, Phil, thank you for joining us. Uh, yes, man. Thanks a lot. Um, Even though it was apparently kind of, you know, hectic where you are. Uh, yes. I really you know, I'll, you. I, I am in a war zone. So. <laughs> yes, I, I, yes I, I appreciate that you I appreciate you that you've joined us from the field. Uh, <laughs> field reporter Phil Stamper. You're on track out. Anytime you're on now, I think we have to call you Phil Reporter. Field reporter Phil Stamper. <laughs> Um, hey listen i'm gonna i'm gonna wrap us up here um phil thanks so much thanks thanks for coming and joining us um check out uh podcast two uh on uh on geeksradio.com um and uh that will be ramping back up uh really really soon um phil do you have anything else you want to plug anything else going on for you uh check out my twitter at psphenom p-s-p-h-e-n-o-m excellent Uh, alexia anything for you going on right now um, I don't think so. Just us, because we're doing lots. The movie's getting yeah. uh, getting edited. Uh, uh, gonna have um in the next month or so, maybe some big news about Ninjas vs Monsters. So stay tuned. Ooh. Um, and uh, and uh, for now, um, my name is Justin, and my name is Alexia, and this guy's name is. Hi, I'm Phil. Crack <laughs> off. Crack off.
So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek off to put in my ear hole to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over 100 hours of Trek off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com, trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and trek off.